Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 184. That's 184. It is the Ines Wolves podcast. I'm here with Mr. Joe Edwards. Mr. Joe Edwards, I've got some great news to start off this wonderful show. Enlighten me. Come on, I, I could do with a pick-me-up. Come on. Are you ready? You ready? I am ready. There is not another international break until next March. Yay! I, I've got. I've got to admit, how many... Did England, did England play three games today? I don't even know. That's I think the, they, they played three. I didn't watch a single minute of, well, I was, of, I was, of any of them. I was going to say, like, hands up if if people are saying that's a disgrace. But I didn't watch. I didn't watch a minute of any England game. I must admit. I mean, partly because Cody's situation. I'm sure we'd have watched some of it if, if, if Connor had played one or two yeah. of the games. But um, to be honest. Don't really care at this moment in time. I certainly don't care about a friendly against Iceland. And and to be honest, a Nations League game, I couldn't really give a crap anyway. Well, no Cody, no party. Um, no, but but yeah, the, well, maybe the... that's bad. Maybe that's poor. I'm sure there'll be some people saying, "What? What? You know, why? Why you got to support your country?" And then and Joe Joe Massey would be screaming at me. He watches every <laughs> England game. The West Brom report. He's a, he's, a, he's a big England fan. Travels, goes to watch them, and uh, watches every single game, and then records it, and then rewatches it yeah, instantly he, afterwards. He, that a, for me is, a, is, a is going a little much. bit too yeah. far. Um, but uh, but yeah, not for me, mate. Not for me. No, they're they're quite tepid to watch. They're, they're not they're not an entertaining team to watch. Really, we're talking you, about wolves. Oh, well, oh, England, <laughs> England, right? Okay, sorry, carry England. On. Um, so now I am. Um, as we discussed last week, the Masters was on at the weekend. We watched that, and now you've got and now you've got um, Master Chef, the professionals. Master Chef, brilliant! Yeah. I, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! Brilliant! I yeah. mean, those are the kind of shows that I'm watching ahead of England. I'm sorry, I was I was watching I was watching the bloody the the, the, the first episode of I'm a Celebrity when England was going on, and the, it wasn't even a question in my mind. Um, Bake Off was, was on the other night the Don't tell me, don't tell me Don't tell me who went down, I've Ooh. still got to record it The missus gets okay. back today from uh, America So I promised to record it for her <laughs> Although I did think she was getting back yesterday Which shows how much attention I was paying oh. had, the, had, a, had a guy picking her up from the, uh, from the airport And then I had to call him an hour before saying Might have got the time wrong He's like, oh she getting later? Yeah, 24 hours later Didn't go down particularly well, but anyway uh, she she should be arriving in the next couple of hours, I think. So after, just after this podcast, brilliant, brilliant. But no, I, I did enjoy it. It's good, it's good TV, mate. It's good TV. And and to be honest, I think we just need a break. I tell you what, I need a break. I mean, I'm hoping hoping to go away in in December, and then I've got a few days still to take because just we don't have time this year. It's been cray cray. Even though there's not been a lot of football with lockdown and stuff, we've still had to still been at our, our desks, albeit at home, mate. Uh, yeah. So I got um I got an email the other day from the one and only. Not not um not I am the one and only Chesney Hawks. Chesney Hawks, very, Chesney Hawks. very good. Yeah. Bonus point bonus point for you. Um what what movie was Chesney Hawks in which had the one and only as the main soundtrack? Oh, I'm at a loss there. Oh, I'm just gonna have to pass on the bonus point. I'm not there's gonna some, get it. There's some, there's some, there's some, there's some 35, 37, 40, 40 plus year olds screaming at the at the microphone slash headphones. Buddy's song, Buddy's song. 
pretty pretty terrible film to be but it's like it was almost like a life story of Chesney Hawks from what I remember and I watched this probably 25 years ago was probably the last time and uh, yeah showed how he got in the, you know got his break in the music industry and, and this song which is still I mean I think he still plays at the university bars and clubs well used to anyway before it was locked down but, but um, it's a pop world classic isn't it oh yeah. mate it's a, it's, a, it's a great song and was one of the first of my three you know three LPs incredible LPs yes not CDs LPs that I bought. It was a. Uh, it was Chesney Hawks. Uh, I'm the one and only. It was Star Trekking across the universe. And of course, we've discussed it on the podcast before. The only way is up, baby, for you and me now. Any L- any chance? Lovely. Lovely. I'm trying to think who sings that. I can't. I can't think of the name. Yaz. It yes. was yes. yes that's and, it. and I do, and I remember I remember that song because I must have heard that hundreds of times. So when uh when I was little growing up in Hull and I was like 10, 12, 14, I used to go to cricket practice on a Saturday morning at the at the indoor sports centre. And then uh the, the coach who was a big Hull City fan used to take me from there and we used to go and watch Hull City. And 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 the only two songs they play, because they were shit. I mean they were absolute, <laughs> absolute doctor they were awful i mean it was yeah. it was the old boothbury park which used to be a grand ways it was on the back of that i think they've knocked it down since uh, well they have knocked it down since i passed it the other day and uh, they used to play because they got beat every week so the only two songs this guy used to play was yaz the only way is up and d ream things can only get better and it was back to back to back to back brilliant used to love it used to love it mate <laughs> Uh, so um, uh, anyway, I, I, I digress. So so anyway, so yeah, this ho- it's a hotel company called the One and Only, and um, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, we're getting a little bit older now. Some of us are getting older than others, and uh, let, let's let's have a nice special holiday in January. We try and get away if we can, and it's all refundable. Blah de blah de blah. Um, so there's there's a there's a there's a hotel in Rwanda, which is which is obviously Africa, Central Africa. Um, which is a bit crazy, uh, and, and you fly in, you fly into Rwanda, and then uh, you get a little helicopter in, and it's called the Gorilla's Treetop Nest, mate. And it, you fly in, it's, it sounds incredible. You fly in, and there's only eleven pl- uh, like treetop villas in this property, right in the middle of the rainforest, and you get to watch and and and, and gorillas in their natural habitat, which is bucket list stuff. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm thinking well, it's not going to be cheap, obviously. But, uh, you know, and then you get to trek around the rainforest and you, know, so you can think a bit healthy fitness as well. You know, you're, not, you're not going to Italy and piling on the pounds with pasta and pizza all week. So I'm thinking, OK, well, I know it's going to be pricey, but, you know, we haven't had a holiday this year, so we're saved up. So, you know, you can afford it, you know, an, a decent amount a night. Yeah. Wow. I looked at the price. I did put some dates in. Wow. I mean, I can afford, afford a nice hotel room. Not, not £2,850 a night. Ooh. Two, nearly I mean, that... three grand a night. I mean, I put four nights there. It's eleven thousand two hundred quid, but it's okay. It's okay. You get breakfast with it. I mean, oh good well, god, that, that, that's that, that's the that's a deal. That's the deal sealer. It's a great, get, absolutely get breakfast yeah. in. I want my croissant. I want my croissant in gold leaf. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I gold. I, I love Alana, but I don't love her that much. It's absolutely astonishing. No. Right? Astonishing. So yeah, um, Benny Dormit is. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. Yeah, yeah. Costa del Sol. You'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Right, should we talk, should we talk, talk some Wolverhampton Wanderers? Um, I've promised this probably for a couple of weeks now, but just because we've had so much to talk about, yeah. um, we haven't got round to it. So the fact that I'm doing it this week doesn't mean to say that we've got nothing to talk about. But, you know, we, we've got a bit more time. 
Also, questions this week, Joe Edwards. We've been discussing it before Ooh. the show. We've got Beautiful. some stonkers. I put I put a, a, a cup, and it is a proper made in China cup, by the way. Um, up for grabs this week for the best question, and I mean they go they go nuts, they go crazy. Yeah, anything for anything from any competition. So we've got some we've got some great great questions this week. So um, what I'll do is um, we'll we'll discuss a couple of things, Joe, but then we'll go on to questions because it, it is great. We've also got a Southampton preview, um, which is which uh, I, I did earlier on with, with Ben Stanners, so uh, from the Total Saints podcast. So that's coming up uh, before or after questions and, and before we talk about Southampton. So lots to go on, but first, Joe. Yes. We're going to do some grade cards, some half-term grade cards of Wolves players. So it's pretty pretty self-evident how this works, you know. We're going to go across, we're going to look at some of the players this season, and I want you, Joe, to give them a grade so far. I'm not talking about last season. No. I'm not talking about... I'm talking about this season, 2020, 2021, so far. Their report card, their grade card... They've just finished it. It's four o'clock. They're taking it home to mum and dad. They're a little bit nervous. They've got the little white white card. It says the name on it, and I want you to give a. You can give pluses and minuses if you need to, but A to E. Okay. Or, you know, we're not just discussing your your report card, which would just be exclusively D to E. We're going to go A to E. We're incorporating my <laughs> you know top end private yeah. school results on there as well, mate. Are you ready? I did all right actually. My grades. So did you? Yeah, yeah, I did all right. Did you attend school? <laughs> yeah, actually, oh. believe it or not, yeah. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. What Way was your favourite subject? Uh, well, my favourite subjects were PE and English. So oh, I You can't say PE's not a subject, man. No, but PE... PE's recreation. Yeah, it's a sport, and in- English was my favourite subject, so that you combine the two. Sports journalist, there you go, bingo. You're one of the, you're one of the people who took, took A-level uh, RE... Uh, design, art, and and PE. I did A level. I did do A level PE. I did A level um, English, and then right. literature uh, or language. Um, language, and then I did um, media, but nice. I ended up I ended up not getting a grade at the end of the year because I missed all my exams because I had chicken pox. <laughs> Do you know um, what yeah, so so basically, you failed media is what you're saying, and, so, and now you're Wolverhampton Wanderers reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, yeah. decent, decent, mate. Right, okay, yeah. here we go. Let's take, let's have some grades. Okay, here we go. Let's let's start in eleven, not one. Uh, Rui Patricio, Rui Patricio, give me a grade, Joe. Half term grade. Um, B plus. Okay, possibly, possibly an A minus, but I'll probably go B plus, um, just because of. Um, that that free kick that snuck it against him um, against Newcastle, but um, I think everyone would agree he's he's among the top performers so far. I think he looks so at home now between the sticks. I think naturally that was always the expectation, but um, he's really kind of ironed out those little inconsistencies in his game, the the, the distribution being the main one, and the way he deals with aerial balls being the other. I, I think he's. I think he's kind of grown in stature and become a real dependable figure. He's got four clean sheets in the Premier League so far, which is the joint most with um, Emmy Martinez at Villa and Alex McCarthy at Southampton. So he's as dependable as they come, I think, in the Premier League. And in, aside from that Newcastle goal, that, that free kick, 
which was a poorly set up wall. Um, I think you look at him in every other game and he's he's made some very, very top saves. I mean, even against Leicester last time out, you know, couldn't do anything about the first penalty, um, brilliantly saved the second. So um, I've been really impressed by him and I think speak for everyone in saying that I think he's probably, you know, for Wolves and the level of, the level of games that he's played and the quality that he's put in, I don't think you're going to find anybody better, to be honest. No, top three keepers in the Premier League for me, and I don't think it's even close with the rest of them. So, um, and, and could be could be number one. I think you could interchange quite a, a couple of them really. But um, yeah, absolutely superb and, and very very dependable. Uh, okay, um, I'll give you three little left backs then. Uh, three three people who played left left back or left wing back, yeah. uh, so to speak. Uh, let's go with the guy who who um, who I guess it's I guess it's his to lose at the moment. <laughs> he might lose it on a. On Monday night, I, I, Nuri, uh, what, what grade would you give him? Two, two appearances, uh, very much uh, hot and cold. Um, well, I'll probably say C, because his first performance was an A, and his second performance was an E. You know, it, it was... Yeah. it was, yeah. um, Or it could have even been an F. Uh, you know, it was complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, Crystal Palace, everything went his way. Brilliant goal, felt his way into the game, dream debut... And then Leicester was a real kind of reality check and came kind of crashing down to earth with a bit of a foot, to be honest. And it was a, an unsure defensive display, gave away a Stonewall penalty. And it, with a young player, it's to be expected, I think. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's, he's going to have those inconsistencies. But it was just a, a real learning curve as to how hard the Premier League is. You, you have it you have it all you want, all one, one way, the, the one week, and it all... It's all sunshine and rainbows, and the next, and the next, you can can be can be found out. And um, yeah, I, I think we'll go in the middle. We'll just see, but um, yeah, on, on the last performance, will be something to learn from, and hopefully, it does. Yeah, um, it's just come, it's dawned, dawned on me. I think what we'll do with this is we'll we'll go with the goalkeeper and defenders first, then we'll discuss something else. We'll go into the midfielders, and we'll finish off with the forwards after another little segment before questions. How's that? Just to okay. break it up. Yeah, um, cool. yeah, I think so. I think so. And you know that, that's that's youth. I think that's you know when you buy youth, you're going to have massive fluctuating performances, Joe. And we saw it with Ruben Vinagre as well. He had some brilliant games, but he also had some absolutely terrible shockers. Yeah. And you know it's part of the process. It's about, but the most important thing I think, and, and what um, Nuno will be driving into him is learning from these and not making those same errors again. Because I think what we saw with Vinagre is that he was making the same errors, and 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 there wasn't that improvement there that that you know a lot of the other players have. Have had under Nuno, you know, there was almost like a plateauing, and, and maybe even a, you know, he, he'd gone back to his own, his, his, you know, what he was previous. To be honest, yeah. so um, yeah. I think. Uh, but let's give the lad a chance, and, and we'll see whether he makes um, whether he plays on Monday or not. But you know, look, he's obviously got talent, so we've got to give him time. Uh, right, um, let's go. I'm not going to go with Marcel because I haven't seen much of Marcel. Let's no. go, let's go. Let's go. Size um, from the from the left wing back slash centre back situation. What, what grade would you give him? I think I'd probably go for a, a C or a C plus. I mean, obviously, he's lost his place um, on that left of the back three to Kilman, who's been magnificent, and he's he's filled in at left wing back and things like that. I I do like Sace. I, I think um, you know there's an element of. I mean, he's still perhaps in some quarters a little bit underappreciated just because of how flexible he is. I know some would say they'd like to see him in midfield again. I don't think that's quite going to happen. But, um, you know, he's been he's been helping off the pitch. I mean, Nuno's drawn to it quite a few times that he's 
basically acting as Ryan Aitnuri's translator at the mini. And he, he's, he's an important figure and a, kind of a selfless character. He, he's, he's not in the team at the moment, but you don't for one minute get the sense that he's somebody who's going to be kicking up too much of a fuss and, and stomping his feet around. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of fully in, committed to the cause and... If if there is a knock to to one of these defenders, I mean we'll see what happens with Cody. We we expect him to play against Southampton, but you know we will find out for sure um, from Nuno. But um, if he has to come in, you, you can depend on him. So I, I'd, I'd say I'd say a C plus. Okay, C plus. Um, I don't think this is going to be a C plus. Maximilian Kilman. Yeah, I, I I I think considering all the circumstances, um, I might just lean towards an A, an mm-hmm. A minus. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been brilliant, and I know it's something that comes up quite often. But you have to factor in how little senior football that he's actually played, and when you and when you measure that up against the performances that he's put in over the past several weeks, it's it's brilliant. He he looks like he's been in that Wolves defence for 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 months and and, and years really. Um, he, the biggest thing about him is that. He doesn't necessarily, um, you know, do anything that completely takes you takes your breath away. No, but but that's not his job as a, as a defender. He's just got got to be solid when he's on the ball, not take too many risks. And I think he's got better at that. I think he's got his decision making is a lot better, knowing when to come, when to kind of drop off, and what balls to compete for. And he's, he's again, he's bulked up as well, and. It's it's been a it's been a real interesting um, ride with Kilman because he's a player that Nuno was always seen a lot of potentially. In, I mean, even earlier this season, it looked like it may be one that gets loaned out really because he didn't really look look to be in the picture all that well, much. He was out of he was out of a squad or two, wasn't yeah. he? And we all thought that uh, you know when Morgan had gone that he could be the next one who who would go on, on loan, and you could see you could you could understand yeah. it. And to be honest, I think very few. Uh, fans would have um, would have kicked up a fuss if we saw Max Kilman going on loan for to the Championship for a season or half a season. Exactly, but he, he's, he's completely taken the opportunity with both hands, and that, that's what you've got to do. Football is a game of fine margins, and if you come in for one game and don't necessarily perform, that can almost kind of put the put the put the you know the the dampener on you on your career with a club, but mm-hmm. uh, it, he's completely transformed his fortunes. I think he's he's been brilliant, and yeah, uh, yeah can't can't give him enough credit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I must admit, I, I've it took me a while, not a while, to come round to him. I I, I always thought he had potential, but uh, the first couple of performances where people were raving about him, I thought he did pretty well. But I thought yeah. there were there were there were obviously going to be issues there, and you you could understand that completely. But the last couple of performances, I think he's. He's done really well, um, especially I think that the Palace game really stood out for me. I thought he was superb there. So, so good luck to him, and like I say, keeping out Sace out the back three. So, so fair play, and uh, yeah, really bright future. And another one who they've got on a long term contract. So, so great stuff. Well done, Wolves. Uh, next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connor Cody. Connor Cody, uh, a solid B or possibly a B plus. Um, I, I, th- I think the. I think the England call has taken his game to another level, really. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's operating with a lot more confidence. I think when Gareth Southgate's there watching games, I mean, whether it's conscious or subconsciously, mm-hmm. he's raising his game as well. And uh, he's, he's just 
you can't get it across enough. He is the only, well, not the only voice, but he's the predominant voice you hear, no matter what game it is, what ground it is. Um, he, he's basically giving you a live commentary. <laughs> he, he yeah. is ridiculous. Um, but he's the organiser, he's the leader, and he's a brilliant footballer as well. And hopefully, as the likes of Samedo get more settled, and either one of Marcel or or right now he kind of gets to grips with that left wing back position, then we'll see him really kind of instigating attacks a bit more. He's still doing those diagonals. It's just the the person on the receiving end of them isn't making the most of them like a Doherty would have or a Johnny would have. Yeah. So um, I think as time progresses, I think Cody will come to the fore even more. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's just, he's just a given now, isn't he? He's absolutely brilliant. And, and you know, if anyone... We knew what he was like before no fans in the stadium. That his vocal um, brilliance across from, from 1 to 11. But I think the fact that a lot of the media and the attention he's got now with, with, with being in England and that he's translated that. But not only that, it's magnified because you can hear him constantly in an empty stadium. So whether that be at Molyneux or, or at Wembley or, or wherever. And the good performances on top of that. It's just, like you say, it's elevated himself to, a, to another level. Uh, Willie Bolly. Uh, I don't. I haven't necessarily seen the best of him um, this season. I, I don't know if I'm alone in that view, but I, I don't think he's been um, quite as dominant as he has been in the past. I think we've seen a little bit more of him in, say, the last two or three. I think he had a bit of a wobble towards the start start of the season. I don't think we were seeing the best of him at all, and I don't think he was helped by the fact that Traore was playing as the wing back. But even with Samedo's first couple of games, while he was feeling his way in, I think Bolly looked a bit shaky as well. Um, I'd probably say a C or a C plus. Um, I think probably maybe just erring on the plus side because Wolves have kept four clean sheets. But um, on at the same time, I don't think we've really seen the best of Bolly in any of the games yet. And I think he's still got a, a fair bit um, more to show, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. I'd probably give him a C, to be honest. I think yeah. uh, I think there's a lot more improvement in him, and I think he needs to be getting back to the dominating. I mean, he had, he had a spell where he was absolutely. I think when he came back from injury, actually, when he before he got injured, and then he yeah. got, then obviously he had that that spell on the sidelines, which was three months, I think, was it, or maybe a little bit longer yeah. or along that. And then he came back, and then they got this this run of clean clean sheets and. Uh, and he was just back to being his dominating self. And uh, he's got to score more goals for me. I mean, we're talking yeah, about definitely. goals across the field, you know. He, Wolves have got some height in that box, by the way. And they've got to really start scoring more from set pieces. Nuno's talked about it. The players have talked about it. They've got to start converting. And he's one of them who I think, um, you know, needs to, he's, he's actually missed a couple of chances this season as well. I think one free header I can remember in one of the games where he has to score, really. I think it was a yeah. home game. Maybe Man City. I can't remember exactly when it was, but... Got to score. So for me, he should be scoring four or five goals a season, every single season, and he's not. It's one or two max. So that's that's got to change. But he knows that. And look, he's he's he's, he's a brilliant defender, and uh, and again underappreciated, I think, th- throughout the rest of the league, which is fine, fine with us, fine with Wolves. But he can definitely go to another level. Uh, Nelson Semedo to finish off the uh, the defenders. Uh, D. D. Okay. Yeah, he's been the least convincing of the lot, I think, at the back. Well, uh, I mean, maybe. Nuri in that one game but um, he's feeling his way in and uh, for me it's almost a bit reminiscent of when Johnny first came in mm-hmm. in that he's a player that's played in a back four and looks 
to me at the minute, a fallback playing as a wing back. I think that's probably one of the biggest things you can say. I think he's shown flashes. Uh, I, I like the way that he gets forward. I, I do like his intent. He's had. I think he's pretty much had a shot in every game that he's played. I mean, they've gone pretty wayward, but he, he's, he's at least trying. Um, but at Leeds, I thought he was very suspect defensively. I mean, Wolves came away with a win that night, but he was a constant kind of source of... You know, enjoyment really on that side for Leeds. I think they were doubling up on him one twos and kind of getting past him a bit too easily. And um, I think he's got a lot of of um, improvement to show. I think he's got it in his locker. It's just a case of getting settled, getting acclimated, and then really kind of getting to grips with that position because he's played as a right back at Barcelona, behind the best player on planet Earth in um, in, in Lionel Messi and. I think it, it, it's it's a case of maybe having a bit more belief in himself going forward. Yeah, you know, rather than just relying on the man in front of him to do it. It's like, well, I, actually, I can get on the end of things. I can be the man at the far post trying to get on the end of crosses, or I can be the one feeding crosses in uh, to players. I, I think there's an element of trusting himself a bit more, and I think mm-hmm. then we'll really start to see. You know, the value of that 27, you know, well, what could be uh, 35 million if he hits all the bonuses, uh, and, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of money and I think it's been, it's been a mixed start really and um, yeah, hopefully as he gets more settled, more to grips with the position, we'll, we'll really start to see the best of him. Okay, good stuff. Um, well, we'll come on to midfielders in a bit. I mean, we can talk about midfielder now anyway in, in, uh, in, in a couple of kind of like, uh, issues to come out of out of the internationals, Joe. Uh, you've kind of touched on Conor Cody there. Maybe you can elaborate on that, and also Leander Dendonka, who who I believe missed a game with a with a couple of knocks. Yeah, so um, Dendonka missed the uh, Belgian game last weekend um, with a with a couple of minor issues, and but then he he played for them uh, last night. And um, we recorded this on Thursday, so he, he played last night for, for Belgium. And yeah, he's, he, it seems like he's going to be fine for for Southampton. Mm-hmm. I think there was a when when they weren't in the squad at the weekend, there was a bit of worry, a bit of panic. Um, but I, I think he's even set to do a little bit of bit, bit of media as as well. So I, I think he's I think he's fine. Um, we've Cody. Bit of a strange situation, wasn't it? That he had to pull out of England duty early. Came into contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID. He actually returned two negative tests himself, but had to isolate according to to, to government guidelines. Yeah, a bit um, frustrated, especially when he got it in uh, in, March, in back in March, didn't yeah, he? Oh, yeah. Although, although you know, you say you can catch it again or whatever, so you got to go with it. You know, yeah, Boris so- is Boris and Boris and Cody doing exactly the same. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, he'd probably have to be away from the kids as well, I assume. Or maybe he has returned to his family. I don't know. I mean, I guess from a from a selfish point of view, if he is available Monday night, and I fully expect him to be available on Monday night, and, you know, we'll confirm this on in his press conference tomorrow. But, um, but you know, at least he's fresh and ready to go. Yeah, and um, but I think that's that seems to be the case. I mean, fingers crossed, um, you know, touch wood. The case with pretty much everyone. Rain ain't new. Re- returned early from France under twenty one duty. Didn't play any games for them. He had a slight niggle, um, so came back. Um, and, and naturally, I think there'll be one or two who may be feeling one or two things. But um, Samada played uh, two of Portugal's three games. Uh, 
Matinho has become the second most capped player for Portugal, and hopefully that will do him some good because we certainly haven't seen the best of him this season. So um, I think all in all, um, what you know these these international breaks for Nuno have been an absolute bugger because you know because <laughs> your your whole squad goes away. They've been in such kind of quick succession and three games in the space of a week he's just like you know get doing friendlies at the minute we've spoke about it before but it's obscene um but all things considered it's probably gone as well as it could have done uh pedro neto scoring for portugal as well eight minutes into his debut so uh hopefully fingers crossed everybody's okay and at least you know with the game being on monday it allows them to get a couple of good training sessions in over the weekend. Yeah, I put a tweet out there. So it's, you might have seen it. Mourinho's, I mean, Mourinho's now, Jose Mourinho's now on Instagram, which is great. And the, uh, yeah, brilliant. Is that, it's it's must-see, yeah. Oh, it's so good. If you haven't, I mean, I haven't got Instagram, but I mean, I get sent to them anyway. <laughs> I don't, don't do any other forms of social media, as I've said on this podcast before, for uh, numerous reasons. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Instagram, uh, Jose Mourinho, and uh, he's basically put a picture of himself. He puts, he's put some pictures of funny ones coming back on the plane or... Or uh, on the coach on the way to these random Euro- Europa League adventures that we all know and and loved so much uh, for the last couple of seasons, and he's he's basically got him um, on a on a on a leg extension with a quad machine, uh, just <laughs> just like looking away from the camera, and he put amazing week of football, great emotions in the national team matches, superb friendlies, and total safety. COVID test results after matches being played, randomers running on the pitch while team sessions are taking place, and much more. Hmm, emoji. After another training session with only six plays, it is now time to take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely genius. Absolutely. Whether you love him or hate him, I mean, I think he's absolutely brilliant. And I think when you go back to looking at the best Premier League managers of all time, yeah, he's up there for me. Oh, Top two. It's, it's yeah. Ferguson for me, one, and, and he's, he's my number two because he completely changed the game. And, you, you know... Yeah, you evolve and, you know, you make mistakes and, you know, he's, he's obviously at Spurs now, but he's had a, a few bad runs as well But when he's gone back to the Premier League. But goodness me, when he first came on the scene, he was absolute box office and he still is box office to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great. It, it's it's it absolutely, absolutely brilliant for me. Um, right, and three midfielders then, Joe. Uh, we'll, we'll have to go through them pretty quickly because um, okay. we, have, we have got some great questions. Uh, Ruben Neves. Uh, Neves. D. Yeah, D, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've just been disappointed in him, really. And I think he'll know that, um, that, that he needs to improve. What, that you're disappointed in him? That I'm disappointed, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that he, he'll know that he, need, that, he'll, that he needs to improve. And I think he's got so much more to offer. I think against Palace we saw the 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 real Neves. But, a, yeah. but, a, but aside from that, it's, it's, it's been way too few and far between. He's... Um, he just looked a bit laboured and a bit slow and a bit mm. sluggish at times. And it, I know he's not never been the quickest a, across the ground, but he's always been very sharp of thought and spe- speed of thought has been th- almost un- unparalleled, really. I mean, he'll, he'll spot a pass before the run has even been made kind of thing, but we haven't really seen that. And um, he, you know, he's, he's, he's gone a year now without scoring, which... Which is remarkable, really, considering yeah. the, the, the pure striker he is of, of the ball. He's just got to get into more attacking areas, and now this uh, system or whatever it is may limit him in, in certain aspects. But I think there's there's an onus still on the player to, to to take more risks and do a bit more and make more forward runs. And um, 
hopefully we can see that because we all know it's it's frustrating we never because we all know what he's capable of. I think his ceiling is so high, um, but he's just he's just been he's been nowhere near it really yet this season. Good short answer that, Joe. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, D for D for Neves. Uh, Jean Moutinho. I'll go E. Mm, e. D and an E. Wow. Gone for it. I think he's probably been the most disappointing of the lot um, yeah. so far this season. And you know, we there's a, there was a few kind of um, suggestions. Is he is, is he is he had his day really? You know, mm-hmm. if, if we if his best day has been and gone, and you know, we're all hoping that's not the case. But um, you know, the fact that he didn't play any part against Leicester last time out was was spoke volumes because it's the first time he's not featured in the Premier League game yeah. for Wolves, and. Yeah, the only way he's up, as, as Yaz would say, um, with, with Matinho. Um, yeah, it's, it's just not been at it so far. And um, hopefully that decent uh, international break with Portugal can uh, can get him back on track. So an E, so Dean and E, uh, Leander Dendonka. Um, I'll go C plus, perhaps yeah. B minus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he's, he's the nailed on starter of, of the three of them. Yeah. And, it's it's Dendonka and someone else. He's been box to box. He's been energetic. He, he's he, I, there's a lot to like about his game. But equally, he falls into that same bracket as the other two. Is that he's got to start scoring goals more regularly? And um, you know, no assists, no goals from any of the midfielders yet this season. Um, only two assists between them in 2020. I mean, Dendonka's not got a league assist for Wolves at all in the league. You know, in sixty odd appearances, so that's got that's got to change. And now we we talk about these, you know, goals and assists. Maybe is not their game, but why can't it be? You know what I mean? These these players have got qualities. Danonka likes to get forward. I like a lot of things that he does, and I think you know he, he's been very dependable, very consistent. But also, he, like the other two, he can do more going forward. Good stuff. Um, right, we're going to move on to. Um... To the curious case of a Damatraore, Joe. Before we <laughs> yeah. before we grade the um, grade the strikers uh, last week, we we kind of discussed actually uh, whether you know it's just a selection issue or or maybe his contract um, or lack of signing of a contract might be impacting uh, whether his game time on the pitch and whether he's been starting. We kind of speculated about it. Uh, interesting take in the in the week, um, as reported in the Athletic by some some guy called Tim Spears, um, that not not whether that's that's definitely happening or not, but that Adama Traore quite might believe that or believes that that maybe not signing his contract himself is is impacting his game time on the pitch, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's these kind of stories don't come out that often at Wolves recently under Nuno, and players being unhappy at least in the media, in the national media. Um, and it, mainly because when they're winning and they're doing well, it's a very happy camp. But you can understand it with Adama, and you can understand the situation he wants to be playing. And I think you want your players to be upset. You want your players yeah. to be frustrated. If they're on the bench, there's there's plenty in this Premier League who are quite happy to pick up the paycheck and don't give a crap whether they get on the pitch or whether they're starting, whether whether they don't they, they don't even get fifteen ten minutes on the pitch. Uh, they're happy to to get the wages and and whatever. But um, you know, Adama wants to play. He wants to improve. Uh, he's he's obviously done great for Spain when he's finally made his his long awaited debut, Joe. And um, it's a it's a it's a strange one, isn't it? Do you feel that uh, that maybe this coming out might might help his chances, hinder his chances, or Nuno won't be too bothered? I think ultimately he'll start against Southampton. I think that's the real that's the real acid test, actually. I, okay. I think that that is the big. 
kind of thing going into that game is whether Adama go, Traore... No, no, say, go on. You show me then. You show me what you're made yeah, of. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, I <laughs> think that's... Whether, I think whether he starts or whether he doesn't, I think that kind of, you know, it speaks volumes either way, to be honest. It'd be, inter- it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but I, I thought... You know, before all of this, I thought against Leicester, he he, pe- he penned them back. Yes, we haven't seen the best of him yet this season, but he's just his pure presence just kind of sh- strikes fear into opposition teams, and I, I think that's something you want to see against Southampton. I mean, I, I don't think Ryan Bertrand is a hundred percent for them either. I think they played Jack Stevens out of position in in the last game at left back. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case again, definitely for me, go for Adama and just attack him. Um, but it, even if Bertrand's playing, to be honest, if he's coming back in and he's not hundred percent at it, then the same thing applies. But it's um, it, it's from a Wolves perspective, they're they're quite relaxed over the situation. Of course, you know they have had um, a series of players signing contracts recently and not necessarily needing to sign those contracts because it weren't as if they were really kind of coming towards the end. It was you know Cody. A, a five-year deal replacing, I think, what was already three years remaining or four years remaining or whatever it was. Um, hit similar thing with Jimenez, Kilman, and, and Neto. Um, but uh, on the other side of the coin, there isn't a huge rush with with Traore. They have they have offered offered him a new deal. Of course, he haven't haven't come to an agreement, but he's still contracted till twenty twenty three, and it could could be the case where he plays against Southampton, starts going on a run. And then things are all happy days again. A new contract gets signed, and then in a month, month or two time, we're looking back on this and and we're thinking, oh, well, th- there was never really a problem. Sure, could go could go the other way, but it's it's just it's just a case of um, of taking it taking it game by game, really. I guess. I mean, I know it, that's oh, I knew now. All right, that, that, that that's a bit of a boring mantra, perhaps, but that's how Wolves will be seeing it, and I don't think Nuno will be um, kind of too. Um, swayed either way. It's a, it's a player that he really really admires, and uh, and Traore has got a huge respect for Nuno as well. Because let's not forget, a lot of other managers would have perhaps cast him aside after that first season, mm-hmm. and he had a real belief in him, and has really kind of worked very closely with Adama to help him on that path that he's been on. So that there is there is that manager's faith that the that the player you know has, and the the player. Equally, has that respect for the manager, so I don't think that's been um, damaged by this situation. I don't think you know Nuno and Traore's relationship is any any worse off, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see him against Southampton. We'll see a you know a, a keen to impress Traore, almost prove a point perhaps, and um, hopefully that bodes well for Wolves. Okay, so we'll go for the three uh, the three forwards then, Joe, to uh, to finish that off with the grade uh, before we move on to. Uh... Onto the questions, so pretty quick here. I have to rush through them. Uh, Daniel Pedence, uh, B plus, B, B plus. plus, B plus. Yeah, really like what what I see from him. Very creative, schema. Uh, always looking for a schema. I like that schema. Yeah. Great word. He, he's um, he, he's that's what he's like. I mean, he, when he first came in, I thought he'd just be a pace merchant, but he's not. He's um, he's a very creative, very intelligent player, and it's a, it's a it's. He's one of those players that you pay to watch. He's 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 a, he's a very nice player, and um, wasn't wasn't his best against Leicester last time out. And I think Traore would be would come in for him against Southampton, but that's that's now a real slight against him. I think he's been on the whole, you know, very good. Pedro Neto, I think he's probably the top one. Um, perhaps an A. 
I mean, you could say A plus, but oh, I mean, maybe, maybe that's that would be going too far. But I think he's, um, I think he's been magnificent. I think if you're picking the top performer so far, it's probably between him, him, Kilman, and Patricio. Perhaps who's been the three standouts. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's been fantastic. Works so hard for the team as well. Not just, not just with his, you know, his attacking prowess, but he, he gets back and tracks runners and. Uh, He's just got such a great mentality. He, he, he's very confident, and I mean, his comments about wanting to be the best and stuff like that. But he's not arrogance. It's um, you know, he, he's he's a confident boy, and he goes out and yeah. backs it up. And finally, up top, Raúl Jiménez. I'm sure he's great at the start of a uh, start of the season. Will be slightly different to his grade for the last few games. So it'll be interesting to see what you give him. D minus. D minus. B minus. Oh, B minus. I was going to say, right? Okay, B minus. Okay. B minus. Yeah. He's got back to. He's got back to his mum and dad, and they've just seen the little curl. And they're like, no, no. no, There's there's a second. There's a second little bow. It's a B. Don't worry. I mean, he's he's got four goals, hasn't he? And he hasn't had a had a brilliant amount of service. And I think he's been quite starved of it in the last few weeks. I think there's an element that he could do a bit more as well. Uh, the last few weeks, he's looked a bit isolated. Perhaps you know, there's an onus on him to make things happen a little bit more, but he's just got away with Mexico and scored in, in both games as well. So he's just a pure goal scorer, isn't he? And hopefully Wolves can get the best out of him, You know, get, get some more service in, into him soon. I did forget Traore himself, so finish off with quickly Traore. Traore, they can't really give him a grade, can you? Can't, really? can you? No, no. We'll give he him a grade after Southampton. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. He's he's left his report card in his locker conveniently because he knows he's got he's got um you know he might change over the next week when he's got a couple of good lessons. So we'll we'll, we'll revisit that next week, Joe. How's that? Well, I won't because oh, because here we go. Set you up for it. So I'm off next week. And what? You, I'm I'm off. I'm off. What? I'm off work. I'm off what? work next week. Yeah, I've got my last bit of annual leave, and you'll be having a very special guest for the, for the podcast. Um, we'll leave that teaser there, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully, you and your special guest will have good things to say about uh, Mister Adama Traore. Hopefully, mate. Hopefully, hopefully, we we shall do. And uh, yes, we'll. Uh, I'll miss you, mate. Um, and you won't be at Southampton either. So, uh, we'll, no, we'll, uh, Mister Matt Mayer will be. We're covering that game with myself. Uh, so, um, but we'll, we'll we'll I'm sure you'll be watching it from a. From a TV far, far away, Joe, and uh, and we'll 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 miss you, mate. I'll miss you. I'll miss you a lot. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, questions. And, Come on. Uh, we have got loads. I can't get through all of them. Come uh, on. But um, can we go short and sharp, and we can try and get maybe twenty of them? We've got about forty. <sighs> Come on. Can we go short and sharp? Oh, I'm I'm wiggling my arms. I'm getting ready. Come on. Okay. Links Wolf. Uh, Trari injuries formation. Blah blah blah. Let's get to what really matters, please. I have a question from Mrs. Tudor. What's going on with Little Mix? Oh, dear. I can't tell you what's going on with Little Mix. Uh, they're, they're lovely girls. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've obviously had... Um, there's been a few situations recently with people getting COVID and uh, and, and uh, Jesse's, Jesse's uh, taking some leave away. But, you know, I have to kill you if I tell you. It's all it's all good, though. They're all fine. They're all fine. And they're, they're brilliant, man. Brilliant. Okay, here we go. Um... Gail says, uh, morning Joe and Nathan, if Southampton Monday evening, uh, what would you do with a Dan? Would you start him, bring him on, or as a sub, what would you do? You would start him, wouldn't you? Play him, gamble. Um, yeah, I'm I'll taking play. the money, baby. I'm taking. I'm playing pedents and having him on the bench, but uh, but uh, we'll see. I think I think you might be right, though, Joe. I think I think he will start on Monday night. Um, Paul Mantle, do you expect Southampton to press us high? And if they do, will this leave us, uh, will this help us? 
um, space. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know whether it would. Um, I, I, Palace sat off and that pl- played into Wolves' hands. Um, mm. I mean, it, it hasn't in the past when teams have set up, but you know, I, if if Southampton playing a four four two like Palace play a four four two, if they decide to sit off, that could be the best thing for Wolves. But if they take the game to Wolves a little bit, um, then they may struggle. I, I, I think it'd be a decent game. I think it'd be a decent game. Hopefully, we'll see we'll see some goals and you know more for Wolves. Uh, what is Nathan and Joe's favourite alcoholic beverage, says Freddie, and why is Nathan's gin? It's not in my favourite alcoholic beverage at the moment, apart from champagne, of course, vintage champagne, Freddie, is um, is tequila. What is yours, Joe? I hate I hate tequila. Horrible. Not the good stuff, um, mate. This is this you don't you, this is like drinking water. You cannot taste it. It's so good. You sure you're not just drinking water? Well, I have done that before. I used to, you know, back in the days when um, <laughs> you know, I was fraternising with the opposition and uh, my boys used to go into Vegas, used to buy 10 shots of vodka and one shot of water. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, just classic, mate. Classic. Everyone's done it. You know what it is. I don't, I don't really drink a lot, no. Um, I, I did used to like um, a vodka Red Bull, but that is just such yeah. a... When you when you get back into your bed and your heart's coming out of your, your well, chest, well, that's it. Your heart doesn't know whether to slow down or speed up, <laughs> so you kind of get boom, 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 and it, and it, yeah, you you kind of you're bouncing off the walls. Um, I'll go I'll go for that though, or or just a kind of classic vodka coke. Okay, like mate. Okay, uh, ugh, vodka coke. Uh, Reggie, what's yours and Joe's uh, finishing wrestling move? What would it be? Um, I do like a kind of like a double underhook DDT, like the um, what is it? Drew McIntyre's what was it called? The Future Shock. Oh, right, okay. I mean, decent, he's, decent. he's now using the Claymore kick, which which I also like. Um, I think the, the the person who asked the question did tag um, Randy Orton doing an RKO to a to a woman uh, in the sea. Yeah, it's um, a very good, very good gift. I quite like that. It's very good. I think an RKO is is quite impactful, and and I always think. This is probably going a bit deep, but for a wrestling finishing move, it should be something that you could hit on anyone, regardless of size, shape, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. So you you can't pick up the you can't do a power bomb to the big show, can you? Because he's too big. Okay. So, so, but you can give him an RKO. So I'll, I'll go the RKO. I think. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say more vintage pedigree or sharpshooter. I think for me, uh, two yeah. favorite finishing moves. Uh, David Ellerton, uh with Moutinho playing so well. Uh, further forward from Portugal uh, this week. Do you think it's time for Neves Moutinho partnership again, potentially with someone playing in behind Raul? I mean, the, 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 I guess so. Um, but it's, it's yeah, I, I don't see yet. Um, I, I think it's Den Donker and one of the other two at the minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and with, with Southampton, I, I would be personally tempted to get Neto and and trail Ray running at them and, and, and asking questions of their fullbacks. I think Walker Peters has done pretty well for Southampton, but he's a young lad still, kind of learning the ropes. And if you can get Neto at him, uh, I think that kind of spells spell danger. So, uh, yeah, I'd get the two flyers on and, and, and really take the game to Southampton if, if possible. Yeah, George Brown, a friend of the podcast, is it just me? Who is falling out? Is it just me? Who is falling out of love with football in general? Not being at the game is just making things too boring. I don't think you'll be the only one, um, George. I think it's a frustrating thing for for fans as well, and I think you, you see a lot of it in social media reflected sometimes as well, and in, in the frustration, the anger, not just uh, about the performances, and maybe that I think that that 
that doesn't help when you watch it on TV and you've been looking forward to it all week and then it's a poor performance or it's not a very exciting performance. But you, you, you add that with with, the, with not being able to go to the games, not being able to travel, not being able to see friends and family and, and do the whole things that you look forward to at the weekend. It kind of like elevates the whole situation. But I do think that when fans are allowed to go back to Molyneux, that that will change very, very quickly. And we'll be at least we can grumble about performances in person. But um, it's, um, it, is, it is... I do get the whole falling out of love of the sport and I think um, I think that's just short term and not long term and Nuno's talked about it and brought it up before as well about that that he fears that and I think that hopefully with this vaccine coming in and people getting tested that we do get people back at Molyneux at least at the end of this season and, and hopefully you know a little, quite, a, quite a way before that but I think that will just change the mood and hopefully by that time you know we'll all come together and you know Molyneux will be a happy place yeah yeah agreed okay um Wolf's Gravy says, uh, when are you traveling your, were you traveling your inner Steven Seagal in this photo, Nathan? It showed me, I think, tw- when I was 20, bringing The Rock here and, and Steven Seagal, but it just looks look similar, to be fair, for anyone, who, um, anyone who's seen where did, that. Where did you get that photo from? Uh, I must have posted it on social media a while ago. That's probably <laughs> great. That was me Classic. when I just bring it rock shirt there. Uh, back in the day, mate, I thought it was very cool saying just bring it at uh, about 21 stone there, I think I was. Um, Adam Cook uh, most of the top teams have academy graduates as a core part of starting team City, Foden, Liverpool, Trent United, Rashford should we, should we expect the same with the current setup and talent pool um, that's a good question and I think there is a change of approach There's a, there should be a feature going in with James Collins I spoke to him at Doncaster that should be going in the paper at some point next week and um, he kind of talked about the change of tack that the academy have had this season the 23s that the 23s is mainly made up of kind of 17, 18 year olds now as opposed to 20, 21 year olds and they want to challenge players earlier on you know, in their development and I think that's the way that you get players playing in, in the first team I mean, Fowden's what, 19, 20 I think it's the same for Alexander-Arnold they've both got a couple of years senior football under their belt so I think it's I think Wolves now are trying to, trying to bridge that gap a little bit more by getting younger players playing more competitive games uh, earlier on in, in, in their development really and kind of challenging them a bit more rather than just kind of settling for players who have got you know who are good at 23's level and probably be better for you at that level at that time but kind of challenge younger players early I think that's the way to go yeah sorry my, my laptop's uh, overheating at the moment so it is yeah bit, it's going to explode yeah. I'm a bit of hitting but uh, I think that should have to come off in a little bit hopefully um, Aaron Wright uh, do you think your listenership figures are affected by the form of the team. Uh, uh, do more or less people listen after a defeat or a bad run, or do more people listen when things are going well, etc.? Interested to see if people avoid Wolves content during these negative periods. Um, it's interesting, Aaron. Good question, actually. Um, yeah. From a from a podcast point of view, we're very lucky and uh, very fortunate. We've got we've kind of got a, a good core listening ship, listenership, um, and, and you know, amazing. I think for for plenty of you, then we've we've got four or five thousand people listening at the moment. You know, uh, I think on international breaks sometimes that might that might reduce to about two and a half, three thousand, because you can understand it. There's not a game at the weekend, but we've always been really healthy and really blessed that we've got such a you know such, such a loyal fan base uh, that people do listen to it, and hopefully they've had a little chuckle on the way. And you know, same with the podcasts and the live podcasts. It does dip sometimes. Um, um, might have dipped slightly when we had three of us there, but not anymore. Um, and but um, no, it's um, it's been. 
it's it's I think the transition as well from when Tim left and then and then obviously you've got new people and you've got to find your you know find the feet and you've got to you know develop a new dynamic and uh, you know hopefully you're enjoying this podcast and enjoying it um, you know for for a long time to come. Um, I think it kind of with lockdown it's kind of been affected slightly as well because yeah. people listen in the cars a lot you know and a lot of people aren't traveling to work so yeah it's fine you can sit at your desk at your home and listen to it and a lot of people do a lot of people run listening to this I'm sure you are now or work out to it or you know go into a separate room or, or you know use it to go to sleep as a as a bit of meditation I've been, I've been doing a bit of sleep meditation recently actually so definitely well, a one to try but we'll anybody now is all concerned that he wants to sleep so. absolutely absolutely mate no you, you've got you've got a little you've got a little bit of um, you, you've got better mate you, you go up and down a little bit now um, but uh, but yeah no I think I think sometimes on the deadline days are big because you have transfer deadline day so yeah. people want to listen to your views on that uh, but yeah we're very lucky to to get between I would say three and a half to, to four and a half thousand people regularly which is which is great which is great and we've, we've had up to six seven thousand as well so uh, thank you very much you know you guys are the ones who make it and um, I think with, with the question about about defeat and, and I think defeat, if, you, if you're doing well or if it's been a bad defeat then I think um I think people listen, you know, just as much. Really, I think uh, maybe yeah. if it's it's the timing of the podcast. If we did one very late at night, or we do one on a Friday with a Saturday game, maybe you know you've got only a small window of um, of, of time before it kind of like um, becomes too old to listen to. So yeah, we try and get out as much as possible. So Thursday we're listening to it today. You've got Monday, so you've got a long time to listen to it. But of course, um, you know it can be time dated pretty quickly if if we've only got less than twenty four hours before the match. So a lot of that all depends, but. Hey ho, we're here, and uh, you know, even if there were three people listening to it, we would well, we wouldn't do it anymore. If there were three people listening to it, but you know what I mean. Okay, thanks, Aaron. Hopefully that explained to you, uh, Andy. Why does Joe always look like a ghost on your ENS updates? You do look like a ghost, Joe. Yeah. I don't know what it is in that on your picture or, or the phone situation, but you definitely look very, very um, pale. It's the sky light, I think, in my in my room because it allows a lot of maybe a bit too much lighting so that it makes me look very pasty and pale mm, mm. Yeah. but it's okay though it's okay mate it's okay it's, it's alright Halloween mode it. it's all good yeah let's see um, let's have a look da, 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 da. Dave Corbett thank you very much for your question uh, Wolfie thank you very much for your question uh, Trevor H- well actually Wolfie says um does, does Max Kilman stop any Wolves search for a centre-back in the January window? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think you, you, you're shopping in a limited market anyway in January. Mm-hmm. And it um, be interesting to see what they do with Romain Sace. That, that, that's, that's more of a pressing issue. He's, he's out of contract next summer. Um, the club have the option to extend it. So I'd imagine they'd make a decision on that over the next few months. So... While I don't think they'd, they'd attack that situation in January and getting somebody new, that I think that has a has a bearing on what they do next summer. Um, I think Kilman's very much stakes his claim going forward. It just it, it depends, I think, more so on what they want to do with Remain Sace, whether mm-hmm. he stays around or it's got more of a, a lesser role or whatever. Um, I think that's probably the the bigger factor than than Kilman actually. 
Okay, Obi does actually. To be honest, like I say, I really like Saez. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see Dave's question. Um, uh, shall we start a mugs out for the Wolves campaign? Uh, particularly good in working remotely on video calls. Found out on Wednesday that someone far more senior than me at work is a Wolves fan just by taking a swig of coffee. Um, we should we should get we should get something like that going. Uh, I've got some I've got some shocking mugs, by the way. I've also got way too many. It's one of the things that really irritate me when I go into the cupboard. We must have about forty or fifty different mugs. I need to get rid of them. Well, you got about 50 of them podcast ones left, haven't you? Way 50, <laughs> try 100. Um, okay. Um, <coughs> Tom Hemming, scenario. Cody's no longer at Wolves. Transfer, long-term injury, whatever. Uh, who are your, both your choices to be captain and why? Ooh. Uh, well, Nevers is voice captain, isn't he? So yeah. I, I think that would be the natural one. Um, I think give it to him. And uh, Yeah. You know he's he's obviously got experience from before with Porto and you know yada yada we've talked about that to death but um, I think he would of, be the one different kind of leader isn't he yeah not, yeah not he anywhere is. near as as vocal as Cody no uh, and, and mind you though not a lot of them are really I think, might be the making of him though might be the making yeah. of him and uh, yeah. I, I think he has been tagged as a future captain at Wolves I do you know if if he does sign long term and he's one of these players who do stay for for a long long time to come then I think he would be the natural successor yeah yeah definitely. And, you know, settled family life, you know, consummate professional. He just needs to up his game a little bit. And he knows that as well. So, you know, I know Premier League's very unforgiving. You know, sometimes you can, you can just be 80% or 90% and, and it, you, you can be found wanting pretty quickly, can't you? So uh, hopefully they get back to get back to what we know, what, what we know and love against Southampton. Um, what else have we got? Um, where do you see Wolves in five years time, both on and off the pitch, says David Povey? Still in a very good place, and I mean they'll want to be kind of bridging that gap as much as they can, the top six, and perhaps even get a you know a couple of seasons in the Champions League, perhaps a, along the way. But um, yeah, I think they'll still be in a very good state. I mean, you know, I know that there's they've kind of changed their approach with the stadium and things like that, and a few are kind of. Uh, but last time Jeff Shee kind of spoke in his annual update, he kept referring to 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? 10, 10, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. They're very much in it for the long term. And it's not just a play thing. You, you know, we, we've we've seen that so far. It's, it's a key part of the thousand strategy. So um, I, I don't see that changing. Yeah, I think so. I, I still I still see Fosun there and I still see them. Hopefully, I think the best possible scenario would be, for me, realistically, is for them to be, you know, con- constantly Europa League qualifiers, you know, most most years or most seasons, and then you, there's no divine right to get into the Champions League. But if they can nick in a Champions League yeah. one in every four or five years, that would be absolutely fabulous. I don't, I don't buy into the fact of being in this top three, top four, and, and, and constantly playing Champions League football. Not in five years' time, anyway. I'm sorry, that just, I just don't think that will happen. But if you can do a Leicester and you can get into the Champions League once in every four or five and upset the situation going forward, I think that'll be absolutely perfect. And I think, you know, and, and playing a lot of European football, they can play European football three years in every five. Two of them being Europa, and then the odd maybe Champions League in there. I'd take that every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh god there's so many is chess a sport quickly uh, no okay <laughs> Trevor Hickman oh, well, really I wants think... to win this mug by the way he's got about 20 questions I, 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 I think I think it officially is but I'm going to say no it's a board game uh, Matt Tilly, have you ever upset anyone in interviews post match? Uh, yes, kind of. You have. You've upset Nuno big time. Matt Southampton, topical. Um, yes, he um, was very frustrated to you, and uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, he was um, 
it was recorded and uh, went all over Matt so I'm sure you can search that I don't think you need to go back into the explaining it uh, no. I haven't upset anyone but I do remember Jeff Shreves upsetting uh, Alex Ferguson in the tunnel when I was there Middlesbrough versus Manchester United game I think Shreves asked him a bit of an awkward question he was young Ronaldo at the time um, and then and then Ferguson came out it's obviously in the interview in the in the dressing room came out was face to face with Shreves spitting at him not spitting spitting but shouting at him spit flying everywhere Jeff Shreves to be fair interesting character I've seen on a few away trips um, said said to said to Alex Alex, go back in the dressing room, calm down, have a couple of deep breaths, and then come back and speak to me. And to be fair to Ferguson, he turned around, went back in the dressing room, then came back, and then he was all right. Bizarre, bizarre situation. But anyway, that was in the tunnel at Old Trafford. When the back in the days when we could, um, it was all uncensored, and uh, there weren't too many, uh, too many prying eyes and phot- phot- photographs kicking around, mate, and videos and all sorts that. Uh, yep. That uh, recorded yourself and uh, Nuno, which you Nuno did apologise by the way uh, the following week just to uh, put that one out there. Idiot. Bless him. Uh, Trevor Hickman also says, uh, "What became of our? I didn't know there was a lingerie range for wolves, but apparently there was." Yeah, I mean that picture is ropey, isn't it? It's not amazing, is it? To be fair, no. also you can't get away with giving a bird a red card at this at this day and age. No. No, or, or, or calling them a bird, to be fair. So, um, yeah. right, uh, right. Amar's music show. Um, Nathan, if you could add three Borough players from your youth to our current Wolves team, who would they be? Um, Joe, which three Wolves players uh, from your youth would you add? Uh, you, you, you pick quickly, Joe. Sylvan, Ebanks, Blake, okay. um, Bakary Sacco, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Carla Kami is the, is the number two. Okay, number Maybe. two, like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, goodness me, back in the day when I was at Borough. Uh, oh, I tell you what, I tell you, it'll be fantastic now in this side. Brilliant. I'm going to go straight into the team against Southampton. Frank Kudru. Brilliant. <laughs> left, left wing back, marauding. Absolutely brilliant he was. Scored goals, great header of the ball, good looking lad, would fit in very well in this setup. Um, and, 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 and you know the French situation as well so you're replacing one, one Frenchman with another so uh, I think uh, he he would be brilliant in this really underrated at the time uh, but was fantastic for Middlesbrough uh, Juninho yeah. mate Juninho was brilliant when he came on the scene if you're looking for someone to play in that hole okay you probably have to have two strikers in but in that hole oh my god he was super, especially first time round at Middlesbrough. Uh, I don't know if you can remember him, Joe, or whatever, but yeah, he yeah, was yeah. he was sensational. He really was absolute pleasure to watch, and was one of the first ones who really changed the Premier League game. I think like him and there was Ola and a couple of others, but he was brilliant because you just couldn't you couldn't touch him. And uh, you know when you did, he was he was so tricky with a ball at his feet and dribbler, absolutely brilliant. And uh, third player. I would love to see this combination. It, it was one of Hasselbank Yakubu, but it wasn't. The one I've gone with is Mark Viduka. Mark Viduka was was absolutely superb, especially when he was playing in a contract season. Uh, but, uh, you know, at Bury was brilliant. And he, he could score goals great in the air, but also as strong as an ox. So yeah. I think he would actually help. I would love to see Raul and someone like Mark Viduka play together. I know he doesn't play two up front too many times, but he has played two up front, Nuno. Uh, but I think someone like Viduka would actually be brilliant foil for... For um for Jimenez, so yeah, those would those would be the the three that I would choose. I think so. Nice, oh, great questions, Joe. Unbelievable questions this week. Have you got yeah. a favourite that we can send this mug to? Oh, think of uh, one. Think of one that you've uh, answered. I did like hmm. the academy one. 
Academy one. What's your Academy one? About, 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 about wolves and... Oh, yeah. Things. Adam Cook. Congratulations, yes, Adam like Cook. Adam Cook, uh, email me, mate, um, and we will uh, we'll send you the mug. Congratulations. Uh, the Cookmeister. Right, right here. So, yeah. Good lad. Good lad, Cookie. Um, and we'll try and do something every week. We'll try and give something away. I've got so many wolf tidbits around here. I've got even media passes from the Europa League you, games and stuff. Got, we'll we'll, we'll some, find something, mate. We'll find something. You've got some worn wolves pants, haven't you? Or something oh, like I've got plenty of them, mate. Plenty yeah, of them yeah. kicking we'll around. Uh, right, Southampton, Monday night, Joe. Uh, I, I earlier spoke with... Um, with our good friend Ben Stannard from the Total Saints podcast. And uh, he's, he's really good. It's about seven or eight minutes this, but uh, Ben's a great lad. Uh, really good, really, uh, really cracking listen this about Southampton. Of course, they're flying high in the Premier League this season. This is going to be a difficult game uh, for Wolves. And this is what Ben had to say. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by our good friend Ben Stannard of the Total Saints podcast. Ben, uh, first of all... Uh, are you, are you well? Are you healthy? Are you good? Are you safe? Yeah, I think so, Nathan. Nice to talk with you again. Yeah, it's been uh, one of those years, hasn't it? But I think uh, one way or another, we're all sort of battling our way through it. And I think, fingers crossed, all looking to a, a much more positive 2021, eh? Absolutely. Fingers crossed, mate. I mean, it's been a pretty positive 2020, at least start to this season for you guys on the pitch. I must admit, Ben, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this one from a Wolves point of view on Monday night. I know you've got a couple of injuries. Um, obviously, you know, a big player in Danny Ings. Uh, will be the main headline of but goodness me you guys are flying at the moment yeah it's been a, a great start to the season um, I've followed Saints for I think it's 34 seasons now Nathan and historically they started slowly in 34 of those so it does make a change <laughs> to uh, get off to a positive one I mean obviously we lost our, our first couple of games as people would have seen you know we got uh, swept aside in the second half against Spurs and off the back of two defeats we're all sort of fearing the worst but since then, it's obviously been a great run. Um, you know, Hazard Hootles made a point of saying that the international breaks didn't really help uh, momentum at the start of the season. You know, didn't get long to work with the team, and he's had a, a bit longer since then. And yeah, I mean, we put together a fantastic run of five wins and a draw in our last six games. So um, yeah, very unlike Saints, but very enjoyable all the same. Did you feel this, the signs were coming at the back end of last season? You could see what he was trying to do, and, and now the players are settled. They know the system, and it's kind of benefiting and showing on the pitch now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we had a, a fantastic um, project restart. Um, you know, they went away, uh, like many teams did, through lockdown, but worked really hard and uh, I think sort of um, came back refreshed and, and almost had their batteries recharged, so to speak. And I think we lost um, one game post-lockdown, which was at home to Arsenal. We um, have only lost uh, the couple of games this season, so I think it's something like three defeats in 15 now if you go back to um, project restart kicking off. So there was some positive momentum and I think, you know, it's, it's helped for us as well to have the stability of a, of a manager with us for more than one season. You know, we'd gone through a period of having Claude Puel and Pellegrino and Mark Hughes, and it was always kind of changing, and therefore players were always getting used to a new manager, a new system, and that sort of thing. But we've obviously had the consistency now of Hazen Hutel. He knows the players, they know him. They're very well drilled, very well organised, and uh, I think hopefully now seeing the, the sort of results of that on the pitch. Absolutely. Um, one player, I think, I mean, obviously... A lot, a lot of you know everybody knows about about Danny Ings and what he's done over the last couple of seasons. But um, Che Adams was someone who I was pretty excited about from a fantasy perspective, anyway. Uh, the start the start of this season, and uh, look, I thought it was going to be the same scenario as last year. He couldn't find the back of the net. It was nearly this, nearly that, hitting the bar, hitting the post. Um, but he looks like he's he's really found himself now, and uh, he's taken that confidence, that mantle forward as being that main striker. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's only been a couple of games, obviously, since things has been out. But you're right. I mean, he played really well against Newcastle. Um, Harzen Hootles worked really hard on him. You know, he, he was a, a bit of a rough diamond last year when he joined us. And I think we had to be fair. You know, players do take some time uh, to sometimes adapt to life in the Premier League unless they are a sort of, you know, truly sort of finished article almost. And the good thing for him at Saints is, you know, we're not the sort of club that bombs players out after six months and just says, well, they're not good enough. We'll get someone else sure. to pay another 30 million. You know, we give them time to develop and. You're right, Hazen Hootles worked really hard with him on his pressing, uh, his link-up play with Ings, you know, taking a bit more time in front of goal, a bit more composure. I think he was a little bit hasty and sort of, you know, maybe got shots off sooner than he needed to. So um, you're starting to see, hopefully, the, the, the signs of a player that can go on to sort of uh, do well in the Premier League. And as you guys will know, and everyone will listening uh, will know, he's obviously a, a Brummy by trade, isn't he? So I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll have a little bit of uh, more interest to this game than maybe some of the other Saints lads. Absolutely. Uh, and another guy who's impressed me recently has been Stuart Armstrong. Mm. Yeah, completely. I mean, he's been probably one of our most consistent performers the last 18 months or so. Um, I, I suppose the issue with him has always been that he's always uh, gone on a run of games and then got himself injured. And I think Touchwood, you know, he's done a much better job of keeping himself fit over the last 18 months. But yeah, a really intelligent player, Nathan, um, always sort of seems to be a bit like when you play snooker and you sort of see players thinking three, four shots ahead. He's a bit like that, you know, before he gets to the ball, he's always uh, sort of aware of where he's going to pass and he makes very intelligent runs. So he's a, a really pivotal player and absolutely been a big part of our success the last sort of six months. If, if I go red, red, blue, red, I, I'm absolutely delighted, mate, to be honest. That's as good a break as I'm going to get. If, I, if, I've got seven on, if I've got seven on the board and point three, then I'm, I'm buzzing. I'll, I'll just take one red, to be honest. <laughs> um, um, well, one person who surprised me slightly, but I guess it's because you, know, you guys are playing so well, is uh, Nathan Redmond, who you know, recently, or I saw at least last, last season or a couple of seasons, he's kind of one of the first names on the team sheet for me, and yet, yet he's, he seems to, be, um, seems to be missing out recently. Yeah, it's been an interesting one because Nathan obviously won player of the season the season before last. Um, and I think, um, you know, he's one of those players that obviously is still fairly young, still has lots of development to go. He, he does seem to blow hot and cold. And I think that the, the sort of problem for Saints was that there wasn't really any competition for his place. So, so he probably had 12, 18 months where he could pretty much put in, you know, six out of 10, six out of 10, 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 type performance every three games. And he'd keep his place because there wasn't anyone else. Now what he's finding out is we've got Musa Gineppa who can play out there as a winger who's been brought in last summer to compete with him. We've obviously signed Theo Walcott in the the, the, the recent window as well. He played left midfield um, against Aston Villa uh, as well. So he's got a bit more competition for his place now. And you're right, he has been out of the side um, a fair bit the last few weeks. But hopefully that will act as a bit of a motivator to him to really sort of up his game. And that's what we've really lacked at Saints the last few years. You know, maybe Wolves have been much better with that, a bit more sort of competition within the squad. We've probably had, you know, 13, 14 players that the manager can rely on. That's probably now 16 or 18 players. So I think Redmond's been one of the sort of, um, you know, players that's maybe missed out because of that. Yeah, with, with Jenna Poe and, uh, and like you say, Theo Walcott coming in, what what kind of style and, and system um, are you playing at the moment? Do Wolves fans, can Wolves fans expect to see potential on Monday yeah. night? Yeah, so Harzen made it sort of clear when he came in that um, one of the, the formations that had worked well for him at Leipzig was sort of this 4-2-2-2 formation and uh, it took him a bit of time. I think he tried to implement it last year and the players weren't really ready for that and then obviously we saw some of the fallout last autumn with performances that weren't great but he's, he's got them playing that now and I think you know as we said right at the start the, the opportunity to work with them for 12 months has really helped him 
organise and shape that team. So yeah, they play four two two two. The back four is per normal. Then they'll have probably Touchwood, uh, Romeo, and James Ward Prowse in midfield. Then you've got your two creative players. So you'd have Armstrong and then either a Gineppo or probably Theo Walcott. And then up front it'll be. Um, um, Che Adams obviously and we'll wait to see who plays up top with him it was Theo against um, uh, Newcastle recently so he's got a few options but yeah essentially it'll be 4-2-2-2 Do you uh, have you seen much of Wolves this season Ben or, or, or not, not too much obviously they've had a few changes of personnel and with, with Jota going to Liverpool and, and Doc going, going to Spurs Mm. Yeah, I have. I mean, I've seen them when they've been on, and I, I think you know they're one of those sides now that um, I know they've only been back in the Premier League. You know, what is it, third season now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Something like yeah. that. So, yeah. um, but but I think it's almost like everyone has kind of just thought, oh, well, Wolves are a good side and they'll do well, and they sort of fly under the radar a little bit. So, um, famous last words. I don't think they've maybe clicked into gear as much this season as they did last year. But sure. of course, obviously, there's um, you know maybe it's been quite a tough sort of period playing the Europa games and things like that as well you know I was looking at the sort of stats ahead of our pod obviously I think we've scored twice as many goals as you as well mm-hmm. so again famous last words uh, <laughs> maybe there's that lack of cutting edge up front but uh, I think Wolves are uh, an established Premier League side now which seems silly to say after three years and I think as a neutral Nathan they're always someone that I enjoy watching Great stuff mate um, for, finally for me uh, as, as we do always uh, it is Wolves against Southampton Monday Night Football can I have a prediction please <laughs> Well, I'm rubbish at predictions, so uh, whatever I go for will be wrong. So I think, uh, probably joking aside, I think if you said to me now we'd give you a draw, I think Molyneux, even without the fans, is a tough place to go. So I think if you said now we'll give you a 1-1, I'd probably take that. So let's go for that. Sit on the fence. Brilliant, mate. Me and uh, me and Joe will give our predictions later on. But Ben, thank you very much. If people want to listen to um, to you guys as well, maybe do a preview on Monday night. If they, if they, I was going to say if they're travelling to the ground, obviously they're not going to be doing that. But uh, <laughs> if they've got a spare hour before uh, you know before kick off, uh, where, where do they find you? Sure. So we're on all the normal sort of uh, podcast channels, Spotify, Acast, iTunes, etc. If you just look up Total Saints Podcast, Nathan, there's uh, I think we're up to 136 episodes now, and uh, always a good cure for insomnia. If any of your listeners are struggling with that. <laughs> Brilliant. Ben, thanks very much as always, man. Good luck Monday. Cheers, Nathan. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, top man as always. Yeah, make sure you, you give them a listen as well because they're, they're a great set of lads. Uh, Joe, look, this is a tough, tough game and we, we've discussed about a really difficult run that, that Wolves have got coming up after this game. They've got a difficult run starting now and, you know, yeah. Danny Ings or no Danny Ings, this, the Wolves are going to have to play a damn side better than they did against, against Leicester City if they're going to get something from this game. Yeah, there's a lot to admire about Southampton and the way they go about things and uh, and, and the, the way that Hassan Hootel has turned things around. I mean, that, that defeat against Leicester, he had thought the writing was on the wall, the players weren't playing for him, whatever. And um, now he's the, the, the same as, you know, a well-oiled a team as anybody really in the Premier mm. League and, and completely, you know, performing at the at, at the highest level that, that they that they can, I think you'd say. So um, they, they've they've been they've been really good, and they're going to give Wolves a tough game. And it's um it, it's an interesting kind of clash because I think Southampton, you know, they're a well well oiled machine. You know, they're scoring quite a few goals. Wolves aren't scoring the goals, but they've looked you know pretty sound defensively. And um, it, it's it, it's just whether. Whether they stick or twist walls, really, I think the onus is on them as the home team. I know it's Southampton and they're, and, they're, and they're a good side, but kind of try and go out and, and attack it a little bit more. And that that's why I want to see um, Adama Traore in the, in the side for this one, just to kind of ask those defensive questions. 
Uh, again, uh, it's it's Bertrand or Stevens. I think at left back for them. Either way, you know Bertrand didn't play the last game. Stevens did play the last game, but out of position. So I think there is something to be exploited there. I know that may be a little bit too simplistic, and maybe kind of talking on paper. But um, I think Adama has come to the point now where you know he's got a bit of a point to prove. And uh, 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 we talk about the concept, the contract situation. You know, if he, he may feel that he's that he's worth a bit more, and let let him go and show it. Uh, I guess the other the other selection dilemma, a couple of selection dilemmas. But I mean, I think you're probably with me, Joe, that you expect Neves and Dendonka to play, and Moutinho still to miss out in that I, central midfield. I think so, and I'd, I'd expect Marcel to, to to play at left wing back. Yeah, um, that's the that's the one that I was going to say. You think that he out of those three, Nuri, uh, Marcel, and, and Size, that it could be. If he's if he's fit, because you know he, yeah. you think he was coming back and then he was injured, then he was on the bench and then and then he missed out. So this could be the chance if he stayed fit that, that Marcel will will get back to try and reclaim his spot. Yeah, I saw him at Doncaster last week, and he obviously got some minutes with the with the twenty ones in the uh, in the trophy, and he was absolutely coasting for it. To be honest, I mean. Was not- not like that he wasn't asked, but he yeah. was asked. He great yeah. application, but it was just so easy. Yeah, and, and, and I guess you'd expect that from somebody who was playing the Champions League semi final recently. But um, yeah, he, he looks fit, he looks sharp, and um, I think he's the you know as we saw with Ain't Nuri last 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 game, he's the, he's the more dependable and safe choice. So uh, yeah, I'd go, I'd go for Marcel at, uh, at left wing back. Great stuff, Joe. Uh, remains to uh, leave you with a prediction. It is, we're going to miss you, but Southampton <laughs> against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, what do you think? Um, I'll go 2-1 Wolves. I think it's going to be close. And, you know, as it is with any Wolves game, really, I don't think they're going to hugely kind of run away uh, with it. And I think Southampton are going to put up a good fight. But, um I think there'll be, you know, kind of there would have been some, not 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 kind of, um, you know, huge shouting or anything like that after the Leicester results. But I think there might have been a, a few choice words because Wolves just didn't get going until it was too late, and then when they did get going, it weren't really enough anyway. Mm. So um, I think there is an onus to, to to come to come out and really start showing what they're all about. I mean. You know, Nuno referred to it. I mean, he got the manager of the month, didn't he? For October, it was an unbeaten month. But you know, speaking about that run, he said we're not playing great. You know, we're not in great form, and he'll want to start seeing that sooner rather than later. It is it is tough after an international break when you've had so many players away. But at least with it being on Monday night, it gives them a couple of days, and hopefully that'll be enough. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about this one, Joe. To be honest, um, I'm I'm going to say one one. Uh, I think they yeah. might go behind Wolves and. Uh... And I think uh, Pedro Neto will score a late equaliser, and what wouldn't be a, it's not going to be a, a classic game. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, I hope they stump them three 0 and uh, and it's back to back to the uh, maybe a Palace showing of that you know that kind of dominance. But uh, I think it's going to be a difficult one this one. But uh, we shall see, mate. Uh, right. Well, I won't see you on Monday night, Joe. You I'll won't. see I'll see Matt Mayer, but I will. I'll keep in touch, and uh, you know I'm sure you'll be. Um, You'll be prominent on social media, mate, uh, and hopefully, I'm, I'm sorry to everyone. I've got to apologise that we've um, we, we have run over. I mean, this is a this is a one hour twenty podcast, so it's, it's an absolute feature length. But I thought I'd do it, you know, before um, before you go away, mate. Uh, we'll miss you, and uh, fingers crossed, we get three points on Monday night, and we discuss a victory next week with uh, with a mystery guest. But from me, from Joe, have a great weekend. Take care.
บาย